It's Selzy Tech Heads, episode 536 on the 1st of June 2017. Thanks for joining us. I'm Glenn Goodman, and we are joined this week by Jason Oakley and Eric Franco, the two of the favourites. How are you boys going? The only favourites. Yay. I'm doing all right. We... I'm just trying to eat my chocolate. Oh. We are the <laughs> Eric, I did the right thing. I took you off the camera as you were gutsing into is, that. Is that chocolate? Is that a, a confefe chocolate? A, a confefe. Yep. Confefe. Confefe chocolate. Did you see Billy Billy West is doing his that Brennigan impressions whenever Trump does something or other? So he's like, despite the negative press. <laughs> The Covfefe. Yeah, it was pretty it's funny. Cov, Cov, C-O-V, Cov Fefe. And uh, how good was the Blues win, eh, on uh, Wednesday they night? They were sporting hard, weren't they? I yes. heard it was good. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I thought you were into the state of origin. Yeah, you know, you know, just bloody. Just over it. Over it, yeah. Oh, it was good. It was good. It was good. It's uh, New oh, South. I got a thrashing. Hey, Queensland. Yeah. And, uh, Jase, what are you saying? You on the had your first radio gig last night. Yeah, four hours of retro regeneration music. Oh, and uh, what was one of the greatest songs that was out of the Jason Oakley hour? Oh, you put me on the spot, don't you? <laughs> uh, Billy, don't That's be a I'm hero. Like. That's what I do. Putting on the Ritz. Something like that. <laughs> that sounds like a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't heard that one for a while, I bet. Hey, super freak! Oh, super freaky! A bit of, uh, a bit of uh, Patrick Hernandez, born to be alive. Oh yeah, baby! <laughs> bit of job, poetry in motion. Oh, wild yeah. thing! And a bit of banana rama. Yeah, nice. nice. Uh, not yet. No, I had Fergal Sharky. Oh, Fergal! Talking Heads, Traveling Wilburys, Phil Collins, Stranglers, Lou Grant. You know what uh, they call the traveling? You know what they call the traveling Wilburys? Because they're always stoned and they're on the run from the law. Ah, is that why? No. <laughs> uh, Willie Nelson, remember Willie Nelson, the big, the big drug bust. But he wasn't part of the Wilburys, was he? <laughs> no, yes, he was. No, I Wilburys. I'm no, sure he was. Not Willie. No. Willie, you sure? All yeah. right, well, you must be right then. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, traveling. Wilburys was Roy Orbison, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan George Harrison. Yep, and. One other, wasn't he? Guy with fuzzy hair. Jeff Lynn. <laughs> I don't know. Something like Narr- that. It narrows it down a bit right there, you know. Who was who was Willie Nelson in with? Tom Petty. Oh, he, Willie Nelson was, yeah, within some... He was with another sort of group. Bob Dylan, yeah. George Harrison, Jeff Lynn, Roy Orbison and Tom Petty. Yes. Well, while you're there, look up the Willie Nelson one. There's Can't like, remember the name what of it. Group he was in. Yeah, Nelson. That's a Willie Nelson uh, group. But yeah, I can't believe he's still kicking. The Highwaymen. That's them. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who well, was he with that? Who was that with? Chris Christopherson, wasn't it? Was that him? Yeah. Uh, that was with Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, and Chris Christopherson. There you go. Well, there Druggies. You go. <laughs> but Willie's still going. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So that uh, that let, let's put the Aussie tech music history to it to bed, and let's look at something else. What else are we doing tonight? Uh, we will be doing. Oh, where where's? Oh, geez, it's all unorganised this week. Now, uh, 
Yes. <laughs> Catch us at uh, facebook.com forward slash Aussie Techheads, youtube.com forward slash Aussie Techheads, and uh, wherever else good podcasts are made. You can go to the aussietechheads.com.au forward slash podcast for the website and follow us on Twitter at Aussie Techheads, at Glenn Goodman, at Aussie Tech News, at Warlock, or at Eric Franco with a K. All right. Okay. And F-R-A-N-K-O? No, E-R-I-K, F-R-A-N-C-O. Do you as in As in the dictator. I looked up it. What did I look up? I searched Eric Franco and I got a funny, funny result. I can't remember now. I'll have to do it again in a second. Now, I'll do it right now. Now, let me have a look. Eric, if I type in Google Eric Franco. Oh, I remember now. Yep. Okay. I remember what it was. Eric Franco. Greg Popovich. It was a definite. It was a. It was like a rhyming slang or rhyming non-slang for some other thing. But anyway, don't worry about it. Uh, look now, this week Microsoft Outlook users. What's going on with Microsoft? Were you offline, Eric, this week with Office three sixty five? Actually, yep, I was. So Microsoft for a little while, but, uh, not not for long. Oh, a day, half a day. No, no, an hour. Oh, okay. You're on the lucky ones. So apparently, yeah, the, as you can see on the, if you're on the video, there's a video there of the heat map of the outages at a particular point in time, and it looks like Perth, around Perth, and pretty much the whole of eastern Australia, uh, got looks like it's been smashed with the outage. So I was first alerted to this by my next door neighbour, and oh, the world went into a tailspin at nine a.m. Yeah. <laughs> nine a.m. Microsoft advised that was investigating the issue. Microsoft identified a configuration issue and was working on fixing it. By 3 p.m., the issue was rectified for most clients and was being monitored. The universities, oh, there's some university that was involved in this story. The university's email services were back at four. Australia and Japan appear to have been hit the hardest, with Australian outages picking up the disruption at approximately 11, blah, blah, blah. According to Microsoft, the problem was affecting users trying to connect to Outlook.com via the Mozilla Firefox browser. Oh, that old chestnut. So uh, I suppose uh, you wouldn't have. What were you doing? It were you trying? Were you Firefox, Eric, or how were you doing it? Uh, Chrome. All right. So you were still out. So that Firefox was a bit of a BS, fake news. I tend not to use Firefox anymore. It's a bit of a pig. Yeah. Yeah. True. It well, is. Chrome is driving me crazy now too. So I might yeah, get it to it's Yes, I, I was thinking about going back to Firefox from Chrome because it was annoying me as well. And then I was oh, just installing Windows 10 on a couple of the machines today. And I'm, if you use Edge. You used, used Edge, didn't you? Yes, Admit. I did use Edge. And there's a you thing. suck. Isn't that rubbish? And you go, you put a search, you know, you're just so used to it going to Google when you search. Yeah. You, know, you type something in, you go, and it goes to Bing, for God's sake. Yeah. I think it, Let's all just go with Opera and be done with it. Yeah, it's about, oh, no, I'm going to start giving something else a go. But no, I'm All still on. Opera. I might have to, actually. I might have to go to Opera. I'm still on uh, I'm still on Chrome, so that's all right. But yeah, so Office 365 is, uh, yeah, big problems there. So it's, I wonder, do, you, do, you, do they give you any compensation, Eric, in previous experience? Do you think any previous experience in, convers- in compensation or anything? Or nah, no, I did Days outages? Yeah, nothing. Yeah, so, um, all right, that's no good. But that's what's happened if you had a Microsoft 365 outage. That's what that's what happened. Something something went wrong. Okay, yeah. <laughs> obviously. 
No, you can't trust the cloud. No, you can't. You can't. All right. What else, uh, James? What have you? What did you read this week that thought was pretty uh, interesting? Well, Amazon is refund, refunding up to seventy million in-app purchases made by kids. Oh. Seventy million bucks worth. That is the Federal Trade Commission announced that refunds are now available for parents whose children made in-app purchases without their knowledge. Amazon dropped its appeal of last year's ruling by a federal judge who sided with the FTC in the agency's lawsuit. Again, Amazon, according to TechCrunch report, the FTC's original complaint said that Amazon should be liable for millions of dollars it charged customers because of the way its app store was software was designed. That is, it allowed kids to spend unlimited amounts of money in games and other apps without requiring parental consent. According to the FTC, more than $70 million in charges may be eligible for refunds on in-app purchases made between November 2011 and May 2016. In 2014, Apple and Google refunded customers whose children made purchases on their mobile app stores. The companies were forced to be more explicit about in-app purchases. Both firms no longer call apps free when they are free to download but have upgrades you can buy. Amazon sent eligible customers an email to receive a fund. I was going to say that you would, wouldn't you have thought they would have learnt from the Apple experience? You know, like they, they oh, yeah, went, it was, yeah, it's pretty widely reported. Yes, and no doubt that the App Store was probably modelled after the Apple's App Store, as uh, as it was the first in the market. But yeah, you, I just would have thought, yeah, wouldn't you yeah, just have a look at Apple? They're going through a bit of strife over there because of their in-app purchases and the kids. And Let's just, do the same thing. Yeah, we want to what lose money. What could go money. wrong? <laughs> yeah, what could Let's go wrong? The, the old smoke and mirrors. Look over there, look over there. Oh, we're going to do it over here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. But uh, yeah, so... Yeah, there you go. They got well, how much? Twenty five million? Up to seventy million actually. Seventy, 70 million in app purchases. Well, yeah, bad luck to them. But anyway, a lot of the kids get it good. Because I remember that the Apple uh has instead of free, it's now get. And I'm not yeah. sure what's on the Play Store. Is it get as well or something similar? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh the ATO. Remember the ATO has a few outages? Uh, oh, just a couple? Yeah, just a couple. And, the, and it was a sand failure that caused these outages. Well, the ATO's three-pass storage area network problem started last December when an unexpected three-day outage took over its online services. or well, didn't take them over, it took them down. A second five-day outage in February followed, as you would remember, because you would have heard it right here. And it was later forced to take its online tax services down for several weekends after that in April and May as it swapped out the old sand and, you know, installed some new equipment. Now, the ATO commissioner, this dude called Chris Jordan, later said HPE, who was the, you know, the, the company responsible for the sand, had never seen a failure of this type across any of the 67,000 organisations worldwide using the same equipment. So what went wrong mm. at the ATO? Now, 12 of 800 disk drives failed. That impacted the ATO systems. The ATO commissioner also revealed that the agency had reached a commercial settlement. Yeah, blah, blah. So we're never going to know how much it is. And the details are confidential. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, now the agency's apparently got a higher grade equipment. Uh, It says here... Because uh, this is quite interesting. The details are confidential, he said, but the deal recoups key costs incurred by the ATO and gives the agency new and higher grade equipment to equip it with a world class storage network. That was the problem. They have had that in the first That's place. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was the problem. 
They didn't have the uh, high-class storage network in the first place. Let's buy the cheap one and we'll spread the rest of the money between us. Those USB drives can be so temperamental. Yeah, let's format the uh, Swahili ATO's office drives and give them... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Pass us the zip drive, will you? (laughs) They weren't disk drives, uh, Mr. ATO. They they were zip floppies. I love my zip drive. Yeah. great. You might need the Jazz, though, for for more storage. Pass us the floppy, then. Yeah, zips were, what, uh, 100 100 meg. meg. What were Jazzy's? Jazz was, I think, one and a half gig, uh, one point two gigs or something. something yeah, like all right, that. right. I've got a uh, ex- external zip drive just over there. Been... I had a one that was went in the parallel port. Hired one yes. of those. Yes, 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 yes. I was working at a computer shop in Sydney, and this guy bought it, and then he brought it back because his um, antivirus software got a false positive and told him that the installation floppy disk had a virus on it. So he brought it back, and the boss is like, "Well, I can't." resell this it's been the package has been ripped and stuff does anybody want it i said i'll have it so i got a discount and got a zip drive i was happy yeah that's all right yeah i love that thing that was great have you still got any zip discs nah no i eventually got the click of death oh. and uh wasn't much use let me just i'll just grab a picture up and show the guys on the uh video so you see if you this is what the zip discs used to look like there's a couple of drives there and uh, yeah, I've still got the. I've, I think I've got about eight around somewhere around the place, eight of those little zip disks and uh, the USB zip drive. I think it was USB. Or was that a USB floppy drive? I can't remember now what I got. It's got something. Mostly the zips were parallel port or um, SCSI. SCSI. Yeah, I think I had the SCSI one like you. Anyone remember SCSI back then? Yeah. That was yeah. supposed to be the ant's pants. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I have. Uh, well, yes, no good. Um, all right. Well, what else, Jace? What What's another one of your stories? Well, in what appears to be a first, a court in Switzerland has fined a man the equivalent of over $4,000 for clicking the like button on what a judge said were defamatory Facebook comments. Ooh. From a report, the court in Zurich found the man indirectly endorsed and further distributed the comments by using the ubiquitous Facebook like button. The man who was not named in the court statement liked several posts written by a third party that accused an animal rights activist of anti-Semitism, racism and fascism. In court, the man was not able to prove that the claims were accurate or could reasonably be held to be true. The defendant clearly endorsed the unseemly comment and made it his own a statement from the court said. The court fined the man a total of 4,000 Swiss francs. is about 4,100 US dollars. He has the right to appeal his sentence. It's a bit ridiculous. I'd say he would want to do that, wouldn't he? Isn't you know, if someone writes something that you don't like, right? That's freedom of speech. They can you can write what yep. you want. Hmm. If you if your response to that is clicking a like button, isn't that I I agree with what you said? Yeah, isn't that a form of freedom of speech? I like what he said, or I don't like what he said. It just I'm so, just responding. So well, that's how you vote for people, isn't it? <laughs> I like what that politician said, so I voted for him. I like what that one, well, that politician just went to jail for fraud. So all you people who liked his stuff and voted for him, but all I, don't I don't understand that. That's 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 a freedom of speech issue. Yep. But what I'd like to know, this article, I can't, I'm just re- rereading it here again. I can't see, it says what happened to the actual poster. 
you know, like the, the original. Yeah, did he get in trouble or yeah, is it the... just the guy who liked his thing? <laughs> That's right. Like, or maybe the original poster was from outside uh, the Swiss jurisdiction. Is that what happened? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't the, yeah, the guy get in trouble, the, the original poster? But, yeah, you're right. That is ridiculous. Just it's ridiculous. But sometimes you're coming to. Sometimes you like stuff, you know, because to just acknowledge that you've seen it. Uh, you he know. should have picked the angry emoticon instead of the happy like one. Oh, yeah, but he gets sued for that too. Yeah. Can't win. <laughs> so what was sorry? What, what was do? what was the post about? Uh, it was animal something. An uh, animal activist. Yeah, racism and fashion. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy stuff, isn't it? But anyway, yeah. that's what happens. You got to be so careful these days, haven't you? <laughs> Especially on. On the old on Facebook, now, yeah. oh look, I'll, 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 I want to do this one here. I'll put it in the middle of the show because it's just I don't want to end on it. it there's this, this quite disturbing story, and uh, it's about IS terror guide encourages luring victims via Gumtree and eBay. Now I don't know if you guys have seen this, but this is quite disturbing. Uh, yeah, the, I'm just going to mention it. Just you know, just give everyone a heads up. But the article encourages terrorists to advertise products on second-hand sites such as Gumtree, eBay, and Craigslist to lure victims, and obviously then do away with them. Now, advises readers to specify that the product must be picked up in person and paid for in cash to ensure that the victim enters the property. Uh, upon the target's arrival, one can then proceed to initiate the attack. Alternatively, the magazine says fighters can take out fake advertisements for jobs as a means to, you know, do whatever. After, uh, yeah, and also it just carries on and on. I'm, I'm sort of leaving a lot of it How out. Do you advertise but these things on eBay? No, well, you advertise, I've got a phone to sell. And then, uh, you know, the guy comes, the person comes around to buy the phone. You go, I got no phone. But, but how would you like to get into some naughty stuff? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, not really. I was here for the phone, dude. Yeah, that's right. I'll uh, promise I won't tell any law enforcement about your intentions. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah. And uh, also, yeah, single-room apartments and apartments are people saying, you know, get the, get the prospect to come alone. But look, I just wanted to just mention that in passing because uh, it's just crazy. Keep that in mind if, if you, you know, just keep it in mind. All right. Uh, where are we going to go? To, geez, we're getting through them. We're going to have to start talking. We're going to have to start talking about something else in a minute. <laughs> Jace, bring us, up, bring us up another one and we'll, and we'll see how, if we can uh, bang this one out. Well, some interesting things to note anyway, not much of a story really, but Mary Meeker's 2017 Internet Trends Report, Kleiner and Perkins Caulfield and Bayer's partner Mary Meeker delivered her annual Rapid Fire Internet Trends Report at CodeFront Conference. Here's the summary. Global smartphone growth is slowing. Smartphone shipments grew 3% over last year, over uh, year over year last year versus 10% the year before. Voices beginning to replace typing in online queries. 20% of mobile queries were made via voice in 2016, while accuracy is now about 95%. In 10 years, Netflix went from zero to more than 30% of home entertainment revenue in the US. This is happening while TV viewership continues to decline. Entrepreneurs are often fans of gaming, Mika said, quoting Elon Musk, Reid Hoffman, and Mark Zuckerberg. Global interacting gaming is becoming mainstream with 2.6 billion gamers in 2017 versus 100 million in 1995. Oh, wow. 
That's a China remains a fascinating market with huge growth in mobile services and payments and services like on-demand bike sharing. While internet growth is slowing globally, that's not the case in India, the fastest growing large economy. The number of internet users in India grew by more than 28% in 2016. Can I just ask, is bike sharing what it sounds like or is it something else? It's not um, bike sharing as in puberty blues. <laughs> but it's, it's um, that movie push might bikes. be... Yeah, push bikes. <laughs> That's yeah, what it you is. It's put just your money into the machine and ride it to another place, and then lock it up in there. Yeah, okay. One. And they just call it on-demand bike sharing. Just yeah, to, I think just the on- grab them when you want, and then ride from one place to the other and lock it up in the new place. Okay. Okay. Sweet. Uh, sorry, Jace. Keep going. Yep. Uh, in the US in 2016, 60% of the most highly valued tech companies were founded by first or second generation Americans and are responsible for 1.5 million employees. These companies include tech titans, Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, and Facebook. Mm. And Facebook's the only one that doesn't start with A. They better get onto that. Even Google's got Alphabet now. <laughs> they just want Apple, to come... Alphabet, Amazon, and Facebook. They just want to be at the front of the telephone Drop direction. the F. Call it Acebook, and it sounds really cool then, right? Acebook. Oh, guess who yeah, I saw? Yeah, get on Acebook. Guess who I saw Ace. pop up on the BBC internet page this week? Who's that? Johnny Ives. He's, he's still uh. alive. Still alive. Yeah. Still designing pot plants. No, uh, no, I don't think so. I'm not sure what. What? (laughs) Yeah, he did. He did move on to something else. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. He just popped up. He was talking about uh, how he he wanted immigration for tech companies and all this sort of stuff. So um, I think people are getting a bit confused here. Like I don't think anyone's talking about stopping immigration. Full stop. I think it's still. I think it's still going to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, right, it's, we're just going to make sure that uh, you're coming in to fix the computers and not plant something somewhere else. Yeah, yeah I, I think the the, the no, tree. Yeah, the normal the normal uh, rollout of the immigration is still going to happen. I don't think there's any problems there, but uh, it yeah. just seems that everyone's just going a bit. Ah. There's countries that presidents don't like mm. have immigration. Yeah, and you got and the more. last one. Yeah, healthcare wearables are gaining adoption with about 25 percent of Americans owning one. Up twelve percent from twenty sixteen. You guys got smartwatches? I haven't no. got a smartwatch. I've got the the Fitbit. Is that a wearable? Oh yeah, I got the surge. I oh, know you've been surging along too, haven't you? The last couple of weeks. Yeah, I've been, I've been, get, I've been getting all your little challenges. I don't think I've been try winning. and keep up. Oh, but yeah, to... going going with the first one. Global smartphone growth is slowing. I mean. It's pretty much peaked, hasn't it? There's not a lot excited. I got the new Samsung Galaxy S8 just because my LG G3 was three and three years old or more, mm. uh, and I needed a new phone, and I could get this on contract and work pays for it. But there's nothing particularly exciting or innovative in any kind of electronical thing. TVs, cars, computers. There's not much going on, is there? Everything's everything's pretty stagnant, don't you think? Yeah, flat. Is there anything no, you're excited about? No, and you go, man. No. If I had ten grand, I would just go buy that, or even exactly. one grand. Yeah. When's the There's last time you said that? But if yeah. I had a spare two grand, I'd go and buy that computer. And you look at it, and you no, I wouldn't. No. Yeah, no, nothing's really catching my eye either. Like I'll tell you what happened. I don't eh? think I'd be very excited about the rumored Siri assistant thing. That's like Amazon no. Echo and Google Home coming out. It looks What's good. next? Cortana in a car? Yeah. yeah. Or Ford, <laughs> Ford Cortana. <laughs> <laughs> or 
Cortana in a can. It's a good one. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But, but none of these, I'm not particularly excited about the future of electronics or any gadgets or anything. No, I, no. I can't see what would make my life easier in the immediate future. Maybe if they brought out some sort of hologram uh, oh, look, I, thing. We've discussed this, Glenn, and the only thing I would be impressed with now is this. A phone that's in between, an I, the size of between an iPhone 6 and an iPhone 6S, so it's somewhere in the middle. Right. I think the iPhone 6S is a bit big. Yep. Uh, so in between size, waterproof. Hmm. Yep. Um, You're not going to care about AR, which is rumoured in iOS 8. Yeah, it couldn't give it's, a rat. There's going to be a small percentage of people interested in that. A very small percentage, exactly. They're the yeah. ones lining up. Uh, a chargeable mat, so drop it on a mat and charge it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'm getting I'm getting one of them for my car. It's coming over from the US. It's got a phone holder and it's got a Qi charger in it. You just pop it in there without plugging anything in. It charges from the car, cigarette lighter. And, 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 and holog holograms. That's yeah. it. Like hol That's the only phone that would impress me. I could have it in the bath, yeah. floating, yeah. not getting wet while I was talking to the hologram That'd be or right. in the pool. Yeah, that'd be good. If you're not coming up with that, I'm not buying your rubbish. So you've still yeah, got Eric a... likes talking to uh, holograms in the bath. <laughs> yes, we know. Now <laughs> then you go to the, that's when you go to the dark side. Now is, uh... is her name Candy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you still got your what do you got, Eric? Your iPhone six. You still got that? Yes, yeah, six. Yeah. And no no six, interest. No, six six uh six plus. Haven't uh got any interest in the seven? No, I I, uh, I skipped the um, seven completely. Or the eight. The eight I'm going to skip because it's just going to be rubbish. Why? Yeah. Mm. And um, if I up if this falls apart, I drop it. I'll buy a six S. Yeah. Not yeah. Much. You save money doing seven. that too. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know. Did I tell you a couple of weeks ago I dropped my phone and cracked the glass? I, mm. it, it landed like face down like that. I picked don't it up. Don't yeah. And I picked it up and went, oh, that's no good. I saw a couple of cracks. I thought, oh, it's just the, you know, the, the cover on it. And then I started picking, like, glass out of it, you know, off the top yeah. corner. It and, just kept falling. Yeah. And anyway, the other day I had, I saw, I kept the, the cover on and I saw some dirt under the cover, under the two dots at the top of the iPhone. I don't know what those two dots are. I think it's some light sensor or something. And I thought, yeah, oh. Yeah, proximity I, and light sensors. Oh yeah, so I thought I'll just peel the you know the screen cover back. Which phone have you got? Six S. Six S. Oh, this is underneath is it inside the phone? Right at the top, underneath the glass. See yeah. the two. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, those two little dots. Yeah. Yeah, they had some dirt under them, and so I thought because I've got this problem <laughs> of when I'm talking on it, uh, it lights up, and my ear keeps pushing the mute button. And I, oh right. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, yeah, that's because the proximity thing is broken. Yeah. It's supposed oh. to go dark in your face. Yeah, so that must have might have broke when I dropped it, you reckon, Jace? Yeah, oh, the proximity cool. sensor is there to disable the touch interface when it's, it's near your face. face. And then when you take it away, you, get, you can tell if you had, had something on the screen, you put your finger over it, it should darken the screen or blank the screen if it's not doing that. No. Or when you put it up to your face, then the proximity sensor is broken. That's not a setting. You as far as you know, no, that's that's hardware. No, oh, my well, well, anyway, well, I thought I had good news, but anyway, because half my good news was that uh, 
when I, I scraped the dirt away and then I kept going. I thought, oh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing these cracks. I'm going, if I take this this cover off, it's, you know, it's all the screen's going to come with it and everything. But anyway, I thought, bugger it. So I just, I took the cover off and it was only the cover that was cracked. So how good was that? Oh. <laughs> I know, because it's one of those thick, like, oh, it must be uh, two mil thick, like, glass covers. I don't know if you've ever seen. I've never seen that. So it was right. just the- so only your cover was cracked. Yeah, because it's like a little two mil, like must be like toughened plastic, toughened glass sort of. Oh uh, uh, yeah, a, yeah. bargain. A screen cover. I don't know if I can. Can you see how thick that is? See that? Yeah, tempered, t- thin tempered glass. Yeah. So that was the yeah. thing that cracked. Oh, how good is that? But now you tell. So you get another one of them. But but you've got to you've got to now use your headphones. But now I've got to a, make calls. Now I've got a proximity problem. Yeah. So, oh, well, that doesn't. That's just no good. I'm just trying to hear to see if I can just use your earphones. Oh, get an iPhone eight. Mate. Get on a plan with Telstra about four hundred a month. I reckon. Or the yeah. AirPod. Yeah, I'm never going back with on a plan again. I'm just going to try and see if I can push that. Now it doesn't go dark. I'll get an iPhone six. I'm on a plan now with Telstra, and it's, you know, it's a lot better than. You're on a plan. You know, the... Yeah, me too. Yeah, like the fifty bucks with the eight gigs. Is that a plan? 90, that... 99 bucks. No, not, not with a phone, not a phone plan, just a, a you know, not a handset plan. Oh, yeah, a, yeah. Right? So it's out of contract. That's already paid for. What were you saying, Jase? 99 bucks a month for 12 gigs. Yeah, well, I'm on 99. I'm on uh, 907 for 8 I got their um, easy upgrade plan. So in 12 months, I can swap it out for whatever is the cool, funky phone Mm. without any charge to swap over to the new phone and just trade in the old one, which I keep in good nick. I didn't know you were on a plan, Glenn. Yeah, till September. Oh, right. That's right. You upgraded your phone. Yeah. But I'm I'm, I'm keen to look at those Audi prepaids. Like, was it $40 or something for 18 gig or something? It was crazy. Well, yeah, no, they we, be as long on as, the Telstra network. As yeah. long as they're not on the on the Telstra three G network. No, I think they're four G. No, they've been upgraded to four G now. Oh, yeah, that's good. So yeah, that'd be they a... weren't giving it to them for ages, and then they're like, "Oh, yeah, you can have four G, whatever." <laughs> that'd be as just as good as the four G on Kogan. Be good uh, as four G on Telstra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Where as you go? Where as you go? Here we go. Here's here's another story that's gonna you know get your I don't know get your blood boiling. ACCC lets uh, Telstra, TPG and other telcos pass high-speed broadband tax to customers. Now, I think we brought this up the other week. and uh, That's all well and good if you're actually getting a high speed. Yeah, but I think anything anything they could go broadband, anything over a meg down, I think, is high speed. So the ACCC has ruled that Telstra, TPG... Any, no, anything over 56k... Yeah, is broadband. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, Telstra TVG and a host of smaller network operators will be allowed to pass this $7.10 minimum monthly broadband tax for high-speed fixed-line providers on. So the government, early this month, the government revealed its intentions to introduce this legislation. The $7.10 represents a third of the profits some companies make off each customer, according to some reports. Now, look... I just don't agree with this tax. Why are we getting another tax? I thought Is this was this in was this in the budget, was it? Ah, uh, no, was, I think it's been hanging around for a little while. 
because they've screwed out, screwed up the rollout, and by now they should be making a ton of money from NBN to be able to fund the next phases of the rollout. But yeah, because of the dilly dally and switching technologies and switching companies and switching things left, right, and centre, suddenly they're like, all the money is gone, so now we need more money. And who's got it? So it's a basically a tax grab. Yes, it's to, and I guarantee you it will not end up in the NBN bank account. No, well, it's supposedly so. Yes, as Jay just said, to to fund the next stage and the fixed wireless and all this sort of stuff. But the problem is, as we all know, they start out in the rural areas, which fair enough, good in theory, you know, because they've suffered for ages with broadband and no one's paid any attention to them. But they've started out there where it might go down through the whole town and five people take it up, you know. Yeah. Because there's only five people in and that town. And there's only ten people in that that's, whole town. Five took it up. That's right. And so like, and rather, they're all paying for one meg. Yeah, that's they yes. Want fast. So and and uh, instead of starting in Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Perth, blah blah blah, instead of starting there where there's like a you know a decent population that they could make some money, they decide to go out into you know back of Burke or somewhere. So that's the thing the, is, right? They've got it. They've got it. Obviously, backwards. The tail's wagging the dog here. Because if you rolled it out in the major metropolitan cities as quickly as possible in the first instance, the money you made from that would have funded the rural rollout. Yes. Right? Yeah. Would have funded the you know providing, but the problem is, <clears throat> governments can't do anything. They're hopeless. You would need a lot of discipline to go right. Rural, rural rollout. We're doing this. We're making all this money. We're going to set every week. We're going to or every month. We're going to set aside a certain amount. And we can start rolling out the rural. Hmm. But knowing government, they just go look at all this money and go, yeah, let's spend it on junkets. <laughs> yeah. So that's the problem. But that's how a private consortium would have done it. I think you make what you're doing now pays for your next stage. Yeah. Yes, but I think why they did it this way is because because the bush yeah, it's was political. well, I think because the bush was left behind, like massively in 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 relation to you know getting ADSL even to places and all this, they said, okay, look, you guys left behind. If we don't do them first, then there's a, there may be a possibility future years, future governments, whatever, that they're not going to get done. They'll, they'll just be left well, behind. Look, yeah, that that bit I agree with. It. They had there's a, there was quite a bit of fear there in respect of. Oh, I don't want to get them, you know, no one wants to forget the rural again and again and again. You're right. That's, that's a risk um, because, you know, governments generally make promises and they never keep them. So, Well, instead of going you know. fully rural or fully metro, why not split it? Yeah. Yeah. So at least you get to pay for some of the rural with some, yeah. with some of the metro. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, and the people in the metro, there's going to be a lot more nerds and stuff in Sydney they all work at Google and that's right. They're all you know working from home and get one hundred forty yeah. minimum. Yeah. yeah, and plus if they had a if they maybe has has the rural you know not taken this opportunity and ran with it like you know like in in the from the point of view that if that had been done in the in the metropolitan areas, well there would have been more more business opportunities and more new creative businesses might have well, more, you know popped up because. Productivity would have been a lot better, obviously. This, this is why we don't work in politics because we're too smart. Mm, That's right. It's be. common sense. I, there's not much common sense in politics. I think what the, I think the problem is with the whole, you know, hey, you said government can't do nothing and all this sort of stuff. I think it's. I think the real reason is because there's too many interest groups with too much say. You know, I think sometimes you just need it. You need someone, a strong leader. I don't know, maybe from the ilk of Keating or someone. You know, he, he just comes in just. Or, 
and just goes bang, bang, bang. This is what I believe. This is what we're doing. We're going to go from A to B this way. No, uh, conviction is what you're the word yes. you're looking for. Conviction. Yeah. And then you know, and it doesn't matter who you voted for, and God, in it would have been the same mess. For yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's the problem. That's exactly right. Yeah, and I had a lot of faith in the Liberal Party to do a better job, but I think in 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 fifty percent of the instances, I think they've probably done a worse job. Yeah, it's it's uh, hasn't been the best, has it? Like it's yeah, with all the different uh, technologies hopefully, and. Jace was saying well, they've got they've got they've, they've invented another one. They've got fibre to the curb now. So, yeah, I know. There's about five of them. I think there's, yeah, there's fibre to there's, the node. We were talking about this the other week. To the node, node home, curb, curb, basement. Basement and um, the satellite, obviously. And then there's the hybrid. Fixed wireless. That's, yeah, that's just yeah. getting it out of control. Hopeless. So let me Hopeless. see if I can alleviate some of that tax burden with my story. Okay, yes. please. Some good news, maybe. NBN's new pricing model comes into effect to provide a discount rate for big users. Starting today, the way many of us are charged for our internet usage will effectively change. The company carrying out the task of building a wholesale broadband network to service every Australian has enacted a new pricing structure designed to provide discounts for telcos, i.e. on-sellers, who buy large amounts of bandwidth for their customers. The altered pricing arrangement is designed to produce greater certainty and flexibility for retail service providers such as Telstra, Optus and TPG who sell home broadband plans to the end consumer. On top of connection fees, NBN Co charges retailers for the maximum amount of total bandwidth they want available to their customers accessing the network known as the connectivity virtual circuit charge. Under the new model, telcos will pay reduced prices for bandwidth on the NBN if they increase the average amount of data capacity in their customer base. NBN Co. will calculate a discounted wholesale charge for each retailer service provider based on their average customer usage from the previous month. The higher the usage, the better the discount. Right. So before they didn't have any incentive to sign up more people because it would just cost more, but now Mm. the more people they sign on the cheaper it becomes per person why why you know it's gonna go on, go on i was gonna say I'm just gonna ask a question here but it's just like why are they having trouble signing people on isn't it going to be the only technology that you can get to education get mbn in my town so why what emotion is terrible yeah but it but doesn't matter if you've got the monopoly if that's the only way to get it like you know, not what forget four G. If that's the only way to get into your home, why would you sign up for it? Do you just go no? Yeah, but it's not that. Yes, it's true. It is a monopoly. You have to. You've got no way else to get it. But at the same time, they're not telling anyone about it. Right. There'll be no, a this, lot of people. Some people are dis- just going to use their phones and stuff for yeah, internet. Exactly. Yeah. Not this discount supposed to be. You know what the you know what the discount you're going to get on these plans per month seven dollars ten. <laughs> but but also with that going back to that seven dollars ten, I wonder if you have to pay GST on top of that. So is it going to be eight dollars? Well, if it's a tax, you shouldn't be paying GST on a tax. No. Yeah, yeah. But well, it wasn't GST supposed to you know eliminate all these other add-on taxes and stuff. Oh yeah, first came yeah. in. Supposed to get rid of stamp duty too. Yeah, well, good luck with that. That's, on houses. Yeah, right. That's a rort. That's a rort. Jace said, no, that is just, you've just paid some, Jace. You would have. Yeah, there was something in the news recently about um, 
New South Wales is going to scrap stamp duty for first home buyers now. Oh, don't. <laughs> if, if you, first home buyers on existing homes up to 650000 from July 1 and increase the threshold for new homes to the same level. So I, was, I wasn't a first home buyer. I bought a place on the Gold Coast, so uh, I would, wouldn't have made this, but hopefully that'll help a lot of people being able to buy homes in New South mm. Wales now. Oh, yeah, because that's stamp duty. Well, I think you got a discount on stamp duty anyway if you was a first home buyer, but yeah, but to, yeah. to wipe Save it out altogether. Another, another $2,900. But I think like, Oh, I don't want to get into you know the argument the to and froes of all this, but I think the the, the the argument against that is that people just go, oh, that's an extra ten or twenty thousand I've got to spend. It's, it's not going to make any difference. Yeah, so it's not going to make any difference. You look at it either way. I don't it's know. It's going to make it worse. If anything, it's going to make it worse. Just feed the bubble. Keep feeding the bubble. Yeah. Well, I would. It's going to pop one day. Yeah, it's going to stop yes. the house prices going up too too much. Is supply. When there is too much of something, the price always goes down. Yeah, that's, well, that's right. That's right. And the only time, you know, when the, you know when they're going to have too much of how too much housing when the bubble bursts, yeah. everyone's selling. Yeah. Oh, broke. That's when you have too much. Well, didn't look, they do that in another country? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, hang on, two thousand and eight. I think there was a movie about it. <laughs> yeah, you could buy you could buy a house for a thousand bucks or something. Yeah, you can still yeah, no buy money down. You can, no money no money you can still buy really cheap houses, or not cheap, but really, really nice houses in the US for prices you pay out here. You yeah. know, like it's, um, yeah, like really nice. Think, you go what's back your, there, um, what would be your opinion on changing negative gearing, Eric? Would that make much difference? Um, that wouldn't make any difference. No. If anything, if anything what will happen is that there'll be uh, probably a shortage of apartments because... Um, people will stop buying them if there's no um, benefit. So, in other words, the Very people investors. who rent houses are going to suffer. So like, their rents are going to mm, go up. And I guess, like, because you cut negative gearing, say you cut it straight off, it's not going to stop. People are still have the need to invest. They've still got the want, the need, must invest. So they're going to invest somewhere else and they're not yeah, investing... They'll invest in, somewhere else. If they're not investing in the... And they'll invest somewhere, say, into the stock exchange or somewhere where they've still got the negative gearing over there. Commercial property. Yeah, and if they're not uh, if they're not investing in the properties, well, then people aren't buying the properties. There's no houses. People aren't no, renting. People can't find rentals. Aren't renting. So, That's right, can't find rentals because the majority of investors obviously will rent their properties out Mm. And the more investors there are, look, I don't agree with investors always snapping up every single bloody auction that you go to. It's always an investor buying. And I think that's, you know, yeah. it does create on people. And I, yeah. you know, and I feel for them. Um, but at the same time, if you cut them out of the loop, then the people who actually don't want to buy at the moment, who just want to rent, mm. um, their rents are going to go through the roof. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And then I, and I feel so. And, I, and they're the people who, can least afford for their prices to go up. Yeah. Right. I, I feel sorry for them. I know when we were looking for this house here a couple of years ago, uh, the only the only people that we seemed to run into that were interested in buying places were Chinese or investors. Mm. And yeah, Chinese yeah. investors, not to live yeah. there, just to invest and just go... And, wow. and they lock it up and they don't move into it. But they've stopped that now. Yeah. Well, I saw yeah, one... I went, I went to one... Which I agree with, by the way. I, yeah. I went to one auction... And it was just about to go uh, to be sold for about eight seventy or something, 
And then this lady, this Chinese lady, she comes running through the front door. Am I too late? Am I too late? And they obviously go, no, 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 you have to sign up. So they signed her all up. And she just went bang, 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 bang. And all of a sudden, it was at a million. Just, yeah. She just wanted it. She just came in and said, I just, just wanted it. She's not going to stop <laughs> until the other. Yeah, it was crazy, crazy stuff. And that's not, that's, a, that's a good situation. Sorry, mate, go on. Unless you're that kind, auctions are not really great for selling or buying for most people. Yeah. Well, look, if you're a seller and someone came in like with that with an open checkbook, you're not going to say no, are you? No. Oh, no, not no. if you're the... No way. <laughs> no but way. At the same time, I think it's the real estate agent's responsibility to show, to get ID checks. Show us your residency papers or your Australian passport. Oh, would that all come out in the wash, though? In the, you know? No, no, it takes no, not necessarily. A lot slip through the cracks. So, what are, you, are you saying? The real estate are the policemen in this instance, or the police? Yeah, they have to be. The, they're policemen. Yeah, they're... Rules. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get well, back it's on. Simple. It's a simple thing, right? You register to to bid. Yeah. Bring your passport. Bring your passport with you. Hmm. Not that hard. No, no, that's right. No. I just thought it all. Resident? Yes. I thought, just it all, tick. I thought it all got sorted out in the wash. You know, in the post uh, sales no, and. No, they don't check it. Yeah, okay. no one check. Yeah, right. Well, there you go. That's maybe a problem. Apple well, can... not just them; it's the lawyers as well. The lawyers yeah. that act for them should be telling them, "I can't act for you unless you've got residency papers or an Australian passport." Well, then there should be some sort of regulation to say, "Tick this box. Have you looked? Check the passport. Tick form three. That's right. Yeah, residency that's right. Check. There are already attachments to the, uh, you know, the, you know, I want you to do my conveyancing. Okay, fill this out. Yeah, that's okay, right. right. Bang, bang. Resident papers, no, can't act, can't act for you. Apple continues smartphone war to Google with a new video advert campaign. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you won't see these uh, on the TV, apparently. They're only going to be on the internet. And I'll see if I can find one. I don't know if I can. But there was two websites uh, from Apple that had this, obviously the .com, and I went searching for the .au. Now, Apple is taking the smartphone war right to Google by launching a major campaign to get users to ditch their Android phones and offering them cash to switch to an iPhone. Now, well and good. I looked at the site. Nice site, too. Jeez, Apple, Apple does do nice sites, don't they? Now, here's the U.S. site. Because on the U.S. site, and even in this article, it mentions that um, it says, download the Move to iOS app from the Google Play Store, and it securely transfers your content. So that's that's handy. So I'm, I'm guessing Very it works. Hmm. That handy, mean, and I'm sure Google's got one as well. Yeah, that means things like your photos, videos, contacts, calendars, mail, accounts, message, history, and free apps, including Google Apps. And you can trade in your old smartphone for $260. But then I thought, okay, let's. How much is that in Australia? What do we get over here? So I went to the Australian site. There's no mention of no mention of a trade in. It's just you just just transfer over by your own phone, don't. full outright. Yeah. So so uh, you have to go and ask. I don't know. I didn't mention it. The site wasn't as nice as the US one. This is the Australian one here. The site the site wasn't as nice as the US site. Pretty of a shame. Oh, that's normal, mate. We get the worst website, but we pay more. Yeah, it sounds like that, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. We're subsidizing everyone else. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So that's what Apple's over there doing. So that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, excellent. Uh, Jace, you got another story? Sure. Billionaire Sean Parker's plans to bring movies to your home as soon as they release in theaters has hit new roadblocks. After receiving praises for Screening Room, 
from directors and producers Steven Spielberg, Ron Howard, J.J. Abrams, and Peter Jackson, as well as Hollywood Studios, the buzz for the startup has started to wane. From a report, though Parker and co-founder Prem Akajiru have promoted the company in the last two years in CinemaCon, it's gotten a little traction due to naivety of the industry, competitors and studios and theatre chains' decade-long discussion about how to move forward on premium VOD uh, Business Insider has learned everything you've heard in the press about studios and theatres wanting to explore a PVOD window, nothing about that revolves around Screening Room, a source close to the talks told Business Insider. Screening Room's main pitch to studios and exhibitors has been that it can bring added revenue to all sides of the equation. Out of the proposed $50 rental fee, 20% would go to the movie's distributor and a participating theatre chain would get up to $20, $20 of the fee, plus each consume, customer received two tickets to see that rented title at the local theatre. Screening Room would take 10% of each fee. Sources told them that all of the bells and whistles Screening Room is selling don't matter until the studios and theatres can agree on a premium VOD window. Industry players don't want movies to be available on PVOD simultaneously with theatrical release dates because the first two weeks of theater, theatrical run are still when the studios and exhibitors get a majority of the movie's income. Yeah. That's not going to work. Yeah. Never uh, going to happen? I think it's, I don't know, but if you're going to throw $50 at, at the rental, so I don't know, but if you're into a movie, wouldn't you rather watch on the big screen? To start, Absolutely. Like, to start with. And you which, only watch it at home for two reasons. You've already seen it on the big screen or you didn't want to see it on the big screen. Mm. But then maybe... I've watched it at home. My local cinema's not that great. Or that. I went I went in there and uh, bought some popcorn that was cold, oh, like it came out of the fridge. <laughs> and like then I, I, went, I went, to, went to the counter and said, this popcorn's cold. And the manager owner was standing next to the counter and he came over and said, see that sign over there? It says popcorn. doesn't say hot popcorn. So you've got nothing to complain oh, about. What a turd. Are I know. you serious? <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, like with this, okay, so you go to the movie, you spend your, your money. Look, maybe maybe they could work into something, you know, you pay a premium, pay an extra couple of bucks, then you could go home to rewatch it. Uh, In the first two weeks of the most important why not uh, make the pvod one or two months after it's still going to be before it was going to come out on mm. any other system so yeah. make it in, make it in yeah. week four yeah even. week four week five yeah. any of those so you can do it like a pvod pack like you get the tickets to the premiere or the first two weeks watch it in the cinema and then go watch home the cinema and yeah. you get your ticket you, 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 so reverse it pay your 50 bucks mm. watch it in the cinema first that's right yes and then and then stream it in week four. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's probably not a bad idea because then you, then you can get them. Well, but then you might say, well, what happens if well, I don't stream like it the anytime movie? you want? Stream it anytime you want. Just have it uh, like a six month expiry on it or something. Yeah. 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 Four month expiry. But yeah, because you may not want to watch it straight away. I'm not for. Look, I don't watch a lot of movies, and especially not at the cinema. But I'm not for. You know, destroying cinemas. I, 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 I've got no problems with let it run in the cinema for four weeks first. Me neither. I've got no problem they've, at they've all. They've already got huge problems with Netflix and Stan and Hulu mm. and Amazon movies. Why don't they make things more enticing for customers mm. to want to go to the cinema? They say, look, 
hot come popcorn. Come in, you can watch it here hmm. and pay your fifty dollars for a little thing of popcorn and a bit of sugar water. Yeah. And then you can go home and any time over the next six months, watch it. You'll be here's my take my money now. Hmm. Instead, they're like, no, we don't want any of that stuff. Come in and watch it at the cinema and then go away. Yeah, and spend a hundred dollars on a chocolate. And then yeah. go away. Oh, just they'll just wait till it comes out at the cinema. Or hmm, why is Australia one of the biggest torrent piracy countries in the world? I don't know. Mm. Well, I know, Do you you think know that might be a solution to the piracy and the torrenting. Yes. I think there's if it's readily available, even if you have to you can pay for it, people will pay for it. Yeah. yeah. Look look, I know there's a few of those episodes of Doctor Who that have made their way into the cinemas. I haven't gone to see the last few. Um, only because well when I say they're not local, it's at Broad Beach, which is the next suburb, which is not too far away. If they were a beaner, I might have gone. But uh oh, geez, I gotta get the petrol in the car. I know, I know. all the way oh, to Broad just, Beach. Oh, no, Broad Beach it might, it might take me place. twenty minutes. Yeah, I know. It's miles from your place, mate, Broad Beach. Yeah, oh yeah, at least twelve minutes. And, oh. and, uh, and I don't know. And plus I think they were about twenty five dollars a ticket, so I thought, oh you know, I'd probably rather go and buy half a box of beer. Except if you go on Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah. but it wasn't on Tuesday. It was uh, They're only um, on on the Saturdays or something, you know. But anyway. But, That'll fix you with a red wagon. But remember the, the, the uh, Disney hacking ransom thing. It was... Uh, oh, yeah, what happened? Well, yeah, it was all a hoax. That was, yeah, never yeah, happened. Never happened. So just to refresh your memories, there, there's some hackers made contact with Disney. They said, hey, 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 we've got copies of your movies coming out, and if you don't pay us a squillion dollars, we're going to start releasing them uh, to the Torrent Network. Five minutes, then 10 minutes, then 20 minutes, and then so on until the whole thing is released. So Disney Chief Executive Bob Iger initially held a staff meeting in which he claimed that hackers had been in contact and were threatening to share the film online, blah, blah, blah. Following an FBI investigation, the Disney boss said there was no way that anybody had access to the films before they appeared in the cinema. To our knowledge, we were not hacked. So there you go. They, they just wanted to get in the news like Netflix money. and Hulu yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah, we were totally hacked and everything. Ha, ha, ha. No, we weren't. <laughs> we're in the news headlines and everyone remembers Disney exists. That's probably what half of this stuff is, eh? You can't. It's all just made up rubbish just to get promotion out of everything. Yep. Uh, Gmail users or Gmail enterprise users get earlier phishing detection, malicious link, and external reply warnings. So that's all nice. This is only mainly uh, thrown towards the enterprise users, but I'm sure that you know it's going to filter around into the into the normal you know um, at gmail.com users as well. It's in the G Suite, is it? Oh, there's the G Suite. The Google announced today, or announced, I don't know when, but they announced an update to the Gmail aimed at businesses. Three security features are rolling out to the email service. Early phishing detection using machine learning, click time warnings for malicious links, and unintended external reply warnings. So the first two already exist for Gmail users and are now being made available to enterprise. Mail already uses machine learning to block spam and phishing messages from showing up in your inbox. And apparently it's got 99.9% accuracy. Uh, early phishing detection is a dedicated machine learning model that selectively delays messages to perform rigorous phishing analysis and further protect user data from compromise. 
And for those worried about Gmail delaying too many emails, oh, Google is promising that less than 0.05% of messages on average will be affected and the delay will be no more than four minutes. I'm sure we can wait four minutes. Now, when you send someone an email, you go, is it there yet? Is it there yet? Is it there yet? <laughs> well, you got to wait. Up. Hello, did you read my email? I sent it like two minutes ago. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you wait four Why minutes. Why don't you just tell me on the phone now? Oh, no. Wait. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Gmail. I don't want to talk to you. Just send me an email. Gmail now also displays unintended external reply warnings to users if you try to respond to someone outside of your company domain. So that's pretty uh, handy. You'll receive yeah. a quick warning message to make sure you intended to send the email. Using contextual intelligence, Gmail will not display these warnings to recipients that are existing contacts or someone already in your list uh, or in that you use regularly. Gmail is also getting new inbuilt defenses against ransomware and polymorphic malware. Oh, I've got to, don't like a get a good dose of that polymorphic malware, you know it. Putting all cool. of the above together, Google estimates that Gmail will now block millions of additional emails that can harm you. So, look, I, I'd have to say that, you know, I've only got a gmail.com, but I don't get much spam. It's really, really good. I don't. I don't get a lot of spam. No. But you're Office 365, aren't you? Yeah. So that's just, you're happy with the way they work? Yeah. Roll. Yeah, I don't get a lot. Yeah. I don't get a lot. Occasional one will sneak in. Oh, yeah. But if I just delete them or junk them, the you know the algorithm eventually just learns Trains it. the system. Yeah, because yeah. I like I get a lot or a few that'll just come through, pop through, and it'll be like they look pretty rigid, dig, and they are probably you know just like mar they are marketing emails, but they're probably not mass spam marketing emails, and you'd be surprised that. Uh, you go. You look at the address where they're from. They're just from a, like a Hotmail or Gmail, and you just go. I don't even care yeah. if you're real. If you if your business can't have a domain email, I'm not yeah, even bothered. I'm just not bothered. I've I'm got not a bothered. couple of clients that still send me. You know, they're reasonable size clients as well, and they still send me stuff on their Hotmail addresses. Who does that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's crazy. But anyway, uh, Jace, I think you got one more. One more to go. Small Sydney tech company QNECT is in damage control after its customer data was reportedly stolen and held for ransom. Mm -hmm. The hackers calling themselves Raven Crew threatened to publish the data, including credit card details and email addresses online, unless Bitcoin were paid by the company. Customers reportedly received SMS messages on Tuesday urging them to contact QNECT and encourage them to pay the ransom. Please help us convince them to pay by emailing questions, said the SMS, before listing email addresses of two senior staff members. Connect offers app-based online ticket selling service used by hundreds of groups around the world, such as university societies, according to its website. Sydney University Law Society, which is believed to be affected by the hack, posted a warning on Tuesday evening to its members about the attack. This is a scam, it said, urging members not to reply. Did you see that there was uh, some, uh, I just tried to Google it now, but there, here it is here, hacked plastic surgery photos as well. So oh, yeah. The headline about that, I didn't see the article though. Yeah, was, uh, I'm just I'm just going to pull it up here. Uh, and More than 25,000 photographs have been posted online following a data breach at a plastic surgery clinic in Lithuania. Just who'd go there for it? 
Passport and credit card details were also stolen, blah, blah, blah. After the release of hundreds of photos from the clinic in March, the rest of the database was published on Tuesday. So apparently the data, the uh, pictures that were published were, you know, maybe, uh, well, even from celebrities and so forth, before and after photos. So it can be published. That's what you want everyone to see. Yeah, I know. Well, you're not going to be at your best just before surgery with all that, you know, drawing all over you, are you? (laughs) No. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so what what happened to this tech company? The the hackers called the Ransom Crew. Yeah, right. So did they get in any trouble? Customers probably received those on Tuesday. No, not really, not yet. This is a scam. They emailed, they uh, SMSed customers with a fake message to say, tell them to pay the Bitcoin. It says, QNEX scam alert. If you've received a text this evening containing a message, to the effect, we strongly advise you to not follow any link or email address given. This is a scam and we've contacted QNIC about the issue and they're keeping us updated. So the message, they got uh, mobile numbers and sent out SMS messages to customers of QNIC. Hello there, uh, insert customer name, valued customer of QNIC. We are sorry to tell you that there was a third security incident with the QNIC service and your data uh, including social security card info will be published online unless QNEC pays Bitcoin. Please help us convince them to pay by emailing questions to a couple of people at mm. QNEC from the Raven crew. Yeah, it's hard to keep your computer secure, isn't it? You got to employ the... So, yeah, it says, please note the hacker may have access to the user's phone numbers, names and emails, but they do not, have, however, have any card information belonging to anyone as this information is not stored with QNEC. So they don't have the credit card info. They just got your phone number to SMS to or email address to um, demand ransom. Yeah, crazy. It's everywhere. They get whatever they can. Even if they don't have it, they're still asking for ransom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you can hear Aussie Tech Ads and more podcasts on the AussieTechRadio.com. If you're the easiest way, download the TuneIn Radio app and uh, search for Aussie Tech Radio. The podcast is also now on Spotify. So, yes, there's another platform you can listen to us. Isn't that exciting? Uh, So join uh, the Aussie Tech Ads and the Aussie Mac Zone on Spotify. So uh, we're, we're happy to be there as well. Uh, yeah, so search up Aussie Tech Radio, blah, blah, blah. You know the drama, I'll tell you every week. And also don't forget the other shows, which, geez, we've got to do another tech security. I'm not sure what's going on there. We'll have to have to get on the, in touch with Roger and get something going there. Old Fart Geek, yep. Subsidian Lost, and the Aussie Max Zone. They're all still hanging around. They haven't faded, although... Uh, not yeah, not yet. Maybe the hosts have. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're fading. Fading, not faded. Fading, maybe. All right. Uh, that's it. Thanks, Eric, for coming in. Good to see you again. You're welcome. Thank you. No worries. And also, thank you, Jace. Thanks for coming in and uh, giving us your yeah, best. Glad to be here. Good stuff. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for downloading or watching us on YouTube, if that's what you are doing right now. Uh, we'll see you next click time. Like. Subscribe and click like. Yes, wherever that like is, they've changed. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, cool. Okay, see you next time. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.